Oh, I wouldn't say I didn't like him. Um, you know, when when you first start somewhere, it's like uh, you're you're joining season three of a show that's already been going on. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Welcome back to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. Today I'm with Alex and Gabe of Heritage Bar and Kitchen in Spokane. Guys, thanks for making the time to sit down and talk to me. Just as a precursor, um, you are sitting in your restaurant. Your janitorial crew is going to be cleaning so that you're ready to open later today. So folks, if you hear some noise in the background, well, just ambiance. So, Alex, it Gabe, one of you, start and tell us a little bit about yourself first and then how the two of you guys met and then heritage and all that. So what's the, what's the story? Yeah, um, we I'm from Spokane, born and raised. Uh, Gabe's from Chihuahua, born and raised. Uh, we met at O'Doherty's um, probably what? About 2000, yeah, 2009. So 13 years ago or okay. so. Um and we just kind of hit it off there. Gabe actually didn't like me very much at first. But, okay, wait, wait, uh, we no, wait, friends. wait, stop. <laughs> no, we're, we, we can't, we can't like pass over that. So what was the, what was the issue there, Gabe? What was, what was going on? Oh, I wouldn't say I didn't like him. Um, you know, when, when you first start somewhere, it's like uh, you're, you're joining season three of a show that's already been going on. Um, so I, I just didn't really know everybody. All I knew was that Alex was friends with a guy that I definitely didn't like. At the oh, time. Okay. <laughs> um, so it, t- it took a while before we kind of warmed up to each other. But once we got to know each other, uh, we became really good friends okay. and uh, really enjoyed our time working together there for probably about seven years together or so. And totally yeah. off and on. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so. So that's kind of where things started for so us. So we question your friends then. I mean, we got to just start anyway. All right. So continue on. So yeah. you guys met, you know, you didn't like each other or, you know, whatever. And now, and now, now you're business partners. So <laughs> right. we, we know how this story's turned out. So right. what was it about working there that inspired you guys to take this, you know, opening a restaurant? It's easy. Everyone does it. It's, it's super simple. Nothing goes wrong. All of right. those stories that we, we kid ourselves. I- I think for us, it was, it was really the only job that we ever liked. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, b- both of us have, have worked in a lot of different industries. Um, and after our time at O'Doherty's, Alex and I both got into uh, professional sales, um, you know, different companies and in different industries. But, uh, you know, that was fine. The money was good, um, but we hated life. So we kind of had to get real with ourselves and, and decide what it was that we wanted to do. Uh, he and I had always talked, um, kind of like pie in the sky. Like I, every group of friends does. Like, we should start a bar. We right. should do that. And then we were like, oh, maybe we actually should. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So we probably got serious about the planning in Herit- of Heritage um, probably about 2016 or so is when we really started kind of putting pen to paper and putting some ideas out there, trying to come up with a concept. Um, once we got that rolling and we realized that we were both serious about it, um, I think we formed the company in 2017, um, like early summer. And then we actually got the doors open here, June of 2018. Just in time. Just in, yeah. just just in, in time, time for the awesome four right. years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's go back to 2018. In 2017, let's try to, as best we can, not remember what happened after that in the world. Did your family think you were crazy? Yeah, I think there, there was a lot of that, not just family, friends, just probably a good thing checking in on us. Like, Hey, are you okay? (laughs) Is this a good idea? But, uh, but yeah, we were just like, we need to do this. It'll be, we'll be way happier talked to our wives who have been awesome about it, Melissa and Katie, and they just supported us and thought it was a good idea too. So yeah, once we had that, it was kind of just full board, go at it. Awesome. So. There was some healthy skepticism from everybody we knew, of course. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I don't know anybody that's ever opened any business that 
their friends and family don't go, oh, what? what are you doing? I mean, what? Don't you just yeah. Yeah. go work nine to five, collect, collect your salary, da, 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 you know? And, and but somehow right. I think you're, you, I think when you're compelled to do something, you just, you can't, you just, you gotta, you gotta just leap. Yeah. Yeah. And we had talked about it for so long too. It was almost like, man, we talked about this for a few years. We got to make this happen or we're just liars. So, okay. <laughs> you know, how to make it happen. What, what came first, the location or the menu? Menu. Yeah. I think we had a pretty good idea coming in, what we wanted to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, finding a place was really hard in Spokane, where we wanted to be downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a lot of huge places that are overpriced that were not for us. And we were kind of going in at a lower budget to make it work for us. So we knew we wanted to start with a, a pretty small footprint too. Um, and you know, our entire space here, I think is about 1400 square feet. Okay. Um, we kitchen's have, about a hundred of that. Yeah. That's it? A tiny, tiny okay. kitchen. Um, we have, uh, I think 50 seats in the restaurant. So it's not a, not a huge footprint, which is exactly how we wanted to start out. Um, and in hindsight, it, it was a good thing we did with everything that went on, uh, for a couple of years there, you know, from 2020 to 2021, it was, uh, I think that's really kind of what helped us get through those times. We didn't have a huge overhead where we're just burning through cash when we can't be open. Right. What did you guys, so it took you a couple of years to get this thing off the ground, which seems like a pretty typical timeline for most, most restaurants, which I think a lot of people, Hey, let's open a bar. Like you said, let's open a bar and then we'll open it Friday. No, you won't. You know, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, liquor licenses, all, all of those things, this space that you're in, did you, did you have to put the kitchen in or was the kitchen already there? So there was a kitchen here um, that was used for most recently before us. It was a a barbecue joint, believe it or not. Um, So they had like the bones of the kitchen. They had most of the plumbing in. Um, Some of the electrical that we needed was in. Pretty much all of the actual equipment that was here we had to scrap um, with the exception of maybe a fridge or two. Um, So we kind of flipped everything over. We definitely gutted uh, like the, the cust- yeah, area. the customer facing portion of the space, we completely flipped. Um, it had never been a bar before either. So we actually took what was their kitchen and, uh, put a wall up about halfway through and made that our bar area and kind of really transformed the look in here quite a bit. Well, speaking of look, I'm going to totally bounce around, uh, since this is a podcast and nobody gets to see what I'm looking at, but over your shoulders, what is going on behind you guys? Yeah, <laughs> that is a, a Sasquatch on our clock tower of Spokane. So if you know anything about Spokane, the clock tower is a big thing yes. here. Um, and we wanted to do a cool piece that kind of showed our personalities and kind of what the bar was about. So my brother Ryan actually did that. And uh, he did kind of like a King Kong style Sasquatch on the clock tower. And so. is that a... The are they drinking a, is, is he holding a beer there? Is that what's going on back there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Probably an IPA by the looks of it. <laughs> but, was, yeah. was there a lot of research done to get the beer just right on the, on the mural? <laughs> Alex's brother, Ryan's a pretty talented artist. So uh, we just kind of gave him our parameters and he put that together for us. The Sasquatch has kind of become our unofficial mask mascot here at heritage too. Okay. Um, so yeah, we do videos with it and weird stuff and, Try to get out nice. yeah. for marketing right. with it. Try yeah. to have fun on social media with things like that. So. Very cool. Well, let's go back yeah. then to uh, let's, I don't know if the audience wants to hear the, the horror stories of opening a, a place, but let's go to opening day. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, <laughs> we, of course, uh, go into that thinking we have everything dialed in. Um, probably had about twice as much staff as we needed um, at that time, but you know, we open up and of course opening weekend there's quite a bit of hype and we're full right away for i think it was like the first three days we opened on a thursday and it was like yeah. thursday friday saturday was just insane madhouse and we probably didn't do the like soft open that we were supposed to do and right with all the things that we had to do last minute to get the place open so it was kind of just like a fly by the seat of the pants get in there and do it thing, okay yeah which is usually how we do stuff but uh, a little bit scary though. <laughs> yeah. 
so you you said you had Thursday, Friday, Saturday was was booked. What it almost sounds like you're you're saying then came next week and something changed. But right, yeah, was that the case yeah, or think, uh, how did Spokane treat you guys at first? Well, um, you know, of course, when you're when you're uh, running your projections and thinking about your opening month, you think it's just going to be super slammed, you know, from the moment you open your doors, you're just going to have more business than you know what to do with, um, which, yeah, that honeymoon phase lasted probably about a week. Um, and then your, your reality kind of sets in of, of where you're really at with your business and what you're going to need to, to do to start growing and building that into something sustainable, you know, get people to come back and rely on more than your friends and family to come in and support and, you know, all those sorts of things. So, after that uh, honeymoon phase ended, I'd say that first summer was a, like a moderate success for us. You know, we we had enough business to where we knew we were doing something right. Um, but then really came the challenge of getting our name out there and making sure people knew who we were and where we were and what we were all about. So um, we we really kind of had to focus on that for the first few months. And I'd say it was about six months into it where we really kind of started hitting some numbers on like a, a monthly basis where we, we said, okay, yeah, we're going to be able to pay our bills here. And this is something that, you know, we can work with. And I think one of the huge things for us in the first four years is we have an established brewery next to us called Whistle Punk. Mm-hmm. Awesome beer. One of the, maybe the top one in Spokane up there. Um, so we kind of have a built-in clientele over there too, because people are always over there drinking and we serve our food over there so they can come get it and well, that's cool. Order and we bring it over for them. So it's kind of a nice give and take from the brewery and us. Kind of brings each other business. Oh, so that's right. It's been a good partnership. That's cool. Okay, so they let you uh, people at the at the brewery can bring bring your food in there. That's cool. Yeah, right. The alcohol can't cross because of all the laws and everything. But uh, yeah, we got a lot of people coming over here for food. Nice. And it's it's cool. Yeah, they're right here in our same building too. So we share a hallway in between the two spaces. So if anything, what we deal with more often than not is people not even realizing that we're separate businesses. Um, but they've got a, a big space next to us over there with uh, probably twice the amount of seating as us. Yeah. Um, so there are some times, you know, where we have that tiny little kitchen cranking out food for hundred, 150 people at a time. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, what did you guys do? So you alluded to something you said, you know, you kind of had to figure out how to get your, get the word out there about you and all of this. What, what was the first stuff that you guys started doing to promote the business? What was, what started working for you? Cause it's a, let's, well, let's mean, be honest. Always... It's noisy. The world is noisy. It's hard to, it's hard to create something right. that gets seen. I think, you know, with us to the overhead, keeping a low overhead, was a big deal. So we kind of did a lot of guerrilla marketing Uh, A lot of Instagram videos and, you know, just try to grab people's attention on social media. Um, We've done some goofy things. I mean, uh, aside from like literally putting our feet on the pavement, like I said, we both came from a background of sales. Mm -hmm. So we knew, you know, if you just keep your head down and and work your butt off yourself, um, that's one way to do it to keep costs low. So I remember that first summer, Alex and I walking around like a, probably about a 10 block radius in all directions from the restaurant and handing out flyers to other businesses and offering their employees, you know, a little discount for being a neighbor and things like that. And, and then we also, uh, like Alex said, have a lot of fun on social media with it. Um, we actually have a big Sasquatch suit, um, that we'll put on every once in a while. We'll go walk around Spokane, maybe run a social media campaign, you know, where is, we call him Harry, Harry's the Sasquatch. So, you know, if you can spot Harry heritage out somewhere in Spokane and post it on social media, you come in and, you know, get a discount on your drink or whatever it is. Uh, you know, we have a lot of fun just kind of doing everything we can ourselves. Um, as far as like, like paid marketing, we've tried a little bit of everything. Um, a lot of it, we haven't really seen the return on investment that you might hope for. You know, you can throw a print ad out in a publication or, I think at one point we put a, a sign up on a local golf course, you know, on on hole number 10 at one of the courses that, right at, on the tee box there. It says loser buys at Heritage or something like that, you know, and and all that stuff, I think, has its place. But 
for us, we really like to have our personality behind our marketing. So yeah. when we can do it ourselves and, and be hands-on, that's where we've seen the best luck. Yeah, our social media, people, we get a lot of people really loving that because we do kind of embarrassing stuff. You know, yeah. <laughs> people like that kind of thing. Right. I get in a chicken suit and crawl around sexually on a bar top, so it's a little weird, but okay. people seem to like it. Um, yeah, we're always trying to do something new and different that we haven't seen at bars before. Uh, my wife had an idea about a book and brew, a uh, mystery book and brew. And Gabe and I thought that was a terrible idea. We were like, who's going to come to get a mystery book? That's weird. But uh, we tried it and we did a, so we put like their the genre in the first sentence of the book. And when you come in, it's $10 and you get a book and you get to pick a beer or a well cocktail yeah. for 10 bucks. And then you get to figure out what your book is. And that took off and it was just weird because we just didn't think it was going to work, but it was something right. we tried. And it did well. And so we just have a lot of those little things that we do that people kind of know us for. And yeah, we show, try, just try to show our personality, like Gabe said. We've also done a, a number of partnerships with uh, like local charities and nonprofits, um, which I think is kind of a double whammy. You can you can help out a good cause and then that can also help to get your name out there. Um, you know, so we've worked with Habitat for Humanity and Meals, Meals on, on Wheels, Wheels uh, I think the NAACP one month. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you when you're working with those it, charities, what 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 are you doing? Are you offering a, a discount, or are you or a, a portion yeah, of the tab just, goes to that, we, or exactly? Yeah, we've done like a burger uh, for the whole month. We did a dollar from every burger we sell, which is our highest selling. Our smash burger is our highest selling item, so we do a dollar from every burger to uh, one of the places, and that did really well too. So okay, that's yeah. cool. I love to ask this question to people. So especially when we'll talk marketing and, and by the way, this question will come up a little later too. So just be prepared. Um, but for marketing, sure. you guys had this great idea. You thought it was going to be brilliant and it just completely flopped. What was it? Cause I love to hear, I love Ooh. to hear like, you know, cause you just did the opposite. You thought the book thing wasn't going to be successful and it was so, you know, so yeah, what I, was the thing that was going to be a, uh, a home run? And I've got one. Okay. <laughs> Um, so within that first year there, uh, I think our, I believe it was a Monday, which was like one of our slower nights. Um, we decided we would do a, uh, a Tinder in real life event. Um, so basically it's like a, it's a singles event, you know, where you're trying to get, uh, you know, people to come down, men and women meet each other. We had a bunch of games set up. Um, you know, we did quite a bit of, uh, promoing and things like that on our social media. I think at one point we actually created a Tinder profile for Harry Heritage, the Sasquatch, <laughs> so that he could be a part of it too. Um, you know, so we get this all set up and I think the first one we did, we tried it twice for some reason. Um, and the first one we did, we had like five ladies show up, single ladies and not a single guy. So I would have thought it would have been um, just the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally, what we would totally have thought thought. too. Okay. All right. So yeah, it, it bombed and then we tried it again for some reason and it, it didn't go any better. Okay. That was probably the biggest flop marketing. I think wise. our male bartender <laughs> had a good time. Though. Yeah. We had a single male bartender. Believe it or not, it was his idea. What huh, do you know? Weird. Go figure. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. I would have thought it would have been all guys showing up. That That's you. You, you shocked me with that one. Okay. So yeah. You gain some traction, first year traction, boom, boom, boom. And then now let's, we can't avoid it. Let's talk. What, what did you guys do during COVID? How did you keep the lights on? You know, you're all shaking your heads, looking at me like, oh, we don't want to talk about this, but I got to think there's some yeah. good, good that came out of it too. Right. You- yeah, I think so. Um, you know, initially at that shutdown in mid March of 2020, um, we weren't really sure what our strategy was going to be. Um, I think for the first two weeks or so, we tried to keep our full menu open and do uh, to-goes for anybody that wanted to come in just off of our our main menu. Um, And it didn't take us very long to realize that that wasn't going to make any sense. It it was impossible to order the right amount of quantities of the ingredients we need. So Um, much waste at this. Yeah, we felt like we're throwing away as much stuff as we're selling. Um, so then we kind of hunkered down a little bit. We didn't want to burn through our resources when we're, you know, at a point where people, you know, at that point too, we have to remember people were scared to go out. Yes. 
Um, and didn't know how long it was going to last. So, I mean, it was a yeah, <laughs> totally unknown at that point. And so what we eventually pivoted to after uh, probably a couple other trial and error things was a uh, pre-order uh, family style dinners. Mm. Um, so we set up uh, something on our website and uh, had, had people call also where they could order. We offered a number of different uh, Detroit-style pizzas, which is totally different than our regular menu. Um, a family-style meatloaf dinner. and Pork chops and potatoes. Yeah, like a couple casseroles and things like that. And people would place their order the day before. And then the next morning, we could go do the shopping that we needed to do to so that we didn't have a bunch of waste. We could make those items. And then they'd come pick them up at a set time uh, the next afternoon. Actually, that's a really cool idea. It sounds like comfort food, but help me out here. Yeah. Detroit style pizza. No, yeah. I think of Chicago. Yeah. I think of deep dish. I think of New York. I think of the thin crust. Uh, Detroit has car parts in it. What's what's. What is Detroit, yeah. what is Detroit um, style pizza? I think originally, they were oil pan yeah. pizzas. Yeah, right? when they first started doing them, it was made in an oil pan in Detroit. So that's why they started calling them Detroit pizzas. Um, basically, it's a little bit thicker crust than, um, well, it's thicker than New York. It's kind of in between a New York and a Chicago style. Okay. And then there's cheese along the outside. So it kind of crisps up and gets like a crispy cheese crust on it all the way around. Okay. And it's really... It's tasty. I yeah. like, we always like burnt cheese. So it was something fun to kind of play around with. And what? Yeah, it was but good. But that wasn't on Those your menu. Those were probably the best received items too during that time. Yeah, the pizzas did really well. Yeah, but that wasn't on the menu. So what was the inspiration? Was that just because you could get the ingredients or? I think it was an opportunity for us to try something new and see how yeah. it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with, with our small kitchen, we don't have a lot of opportunity to vary too much off of what we're doing. We just simply don't have, you know, we don't have a walk-in cooler or anything. We don't have the room to carry a ton of ingredients. So since we weren't offering that regular menu, we could free up the space to try something new and see how it does. And, yeah. And those yeah. were easy as a take and bake thing because people could just pop those in their oven for 20 minutes or whatever. Oh. And, you know, they had a whole dinner for themselves. So yes. Right. Okay. So the, the grab and go, if you will, order ahead and go, that was, that was working well. Did you guys, one of the things that blew me away, and you guys were in the liquor business, and I'm obviously much older than you. So for as long as I can remember, liquor in the car, not a cool thing in Washington State. Grab and go booze, not a good thing. And then the state says, well, you can take cocktails to go during the pandemic. I I was just like, what? And I've talked to some people in, like in Seattle, and you know, they were, they were, they did really well with cocktails to go. Did you guys do that as well? We actually did a little bit, and it was mostly for people who were coming in to get their dinners to go. You know, they'd have a couple of fashions or something. Uh, We opened up a a lemonade stand actually outside for a couple days. We were doing hard lemonades. Didn't go too well, but it was fun to do it just uh, because. But, yeah, I think we sold quite a bit of cocktails for people to go with their dinners. Yeah, Yeah. and the state did still keep, you know, some regulations on that those to-go cocktails are supposed to be in sealed containers, so it's not like someone's plugging a straw in it and drinking it on their way back to the car. No, you know, I yeah. know, but it's, but you guys, come on. I mean, we, how much trouble would you get in if you ran a bar and somebody stepped outside with a cocktail in their hand, right? Oh, exactly. Totally, yeah. So, the, yeah. So the fact that the state allowed this was, was really, to me, just shocking, and it's been interesting to hear how people have – you know, kind of adapted the rules and not broke them, but, you know, adapted them in the business that sprung up from this, you know, to go to yeah. go cocktails. Yeah. I mean, to us, it made sense too. I think, uh, there are, there's so many rules with liquor regulations in Washington. Um, and a lot of them make perfect sense, but some of them are kind of head scratchers, you know, and, this was one where I thought, yeah, you know, if you can sell a bottle of wine that's corked, why can't you sell a sealed old fashioned to somebody and let them enjoy that when they get home right. with right. their food? You know, right. made sense. To no, us. what I don't yeah. know is that still allowed. Yeah, I believe they've extended that at least through uh, 2023 okay. at this point. So, are many people um, today not not today specifically, but you know, in 
are they still doing that? Are they still getting cocktails to go with you guys? Not really. Not Every really. once in a while, maybe, but you yeah. know, with a to go order, mm-hmm. but it's not really a, I think people now are like, Oh, I actually want to go out and get a drink if it's possible. Right, right. So okay. I think that's a good thing too. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you survived through the pandemic. Um, when did you guys start to reopen in the quote unquote traditional manner? Oh gosh. When um, that's hard to say. The last three years seems like five days all put together forever. I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, basically as soon as the uh, dine in regulations were lifted, I think it started at 25%. Mm-hmm. We jumped right back into it. Um, and then I, I don't know, this is probably wrong, but the way I remember it is it went from like 25% capacity to 50% capacity to whoops, too many COVID cases, you're shut down again. And then that lasted for a few months and then they kind of stair-stepped us back up. So at the first opportunity though, that we've had to open for dine-in customers, we've done it every step along the way. Um, And generally speaking, we we saw a pretty good bounce back um, at each of those times. I think when things really started to ramp up and get back to normal for us uh, was just earlier earlier this spring. Yeah. Um, Like I think it was February when they lifted the mask mandate. And that's when we kind of saw a bunch of faces that we hadn't seen in a couple of years uh, start to come back. No pun intended there on faces we hadn't seen in a couple of years. But Uh, but yeah, th- we really saw business bounce back at that point, and uh, it's pretty. It's, it's continued pretty yeah. steadily up to this point. Like we're still getting more and more people in. Yeah, we're seeing our sales go up. So it's business it's nice. wise, we're finally back to where we were like 2019 oh. pre-pandemic. Okay, so you have- the hours aren't the same yet. We haven't opened. We used to be open seven days a week from 11:30 to close, mm-hmm. and now we're open uh, Monday through Saturday with lunches on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mm -hmm. So it's just a weird time. We've had to kind of adapt to it, but yeah, we're getting back there now. So opening up for more hours. So on conversations I've had with other restaurant people, one of the things that they've all said was that how easy it's been to find staff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, How's that been for you guys? We uh, super easy, yeah. no, yeah. Problems no problems at all. At all. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> we actually had an. We have a great core of employees here, um, and when we came back, we actually had quite a few of the people that we had pre-pandemic come back oh. and start with us again. That's great. Um, hiring for you know the one or two spots that we needed for the probably three months was near impossible um, because everybody was still getting their checks. But it seemed like right when those about a month after those checks stopped going, we saw a mad rush of people like, oh, yeah, I don't have money anymore. So a lot more resumes started coming okay. in. Yeah, that we were we also were lucky again to have a smaller place. So we don't have a staff of 30 that we have to fill. You know, we have like seven people. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we lose a couple people, it's a big blow to us because everybody that we have is needed. Uh, but that's also only, you know, two spots that we need to right. fill on our yeah. on our team before we're back to full strength. Yeah, I just, I mean, <clears throat> hiring, staffing, yeah, I, it's stressful for me. Stressful, don't, don't, yeah. don't enjoy it. And I think it's even harder now, too, because people had two years off and it's like hard for them to go back and work hard again, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Not to be mean, but <laughs> it's a little bit. It's like you've been at home for two years, not doing much. And I think it's hard when people go back and they're like, oh, you actually want me to work for six to eight hours? That's a lot. I, I need a yeah. nap. Don't I get a nap break? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so I'm speaking only for myself there, but. Um. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to I wanna kind of go and talk about what I so saw. Like I said earlier, I'm looking at your website and. I get this thing. I get this vibe. Tell me, tell me if I'm correct is you guys like to stay really local with like beers and wines and all that. So is it, are you really only keeping stuff from Spokane? What's, what's the deal there? Yeah. So we definitely focus on everything local. That's, that's really where the name heritage came from to begin with was um, to, to pay homage to the city that we live in and that we love. Um, We both grew up in the area. um, So 
we've done everything we can to kind of support that local community. Um, for example, our tap beer, we only carry beer that's brewed in Spokane County. Um, our liquor, uh, there's two major distilleries in Spokane, Dry Fly Distilling and uh, Warrior mm -hmm. Distilling. So we carry um, a ton of SKUs from them. Um, and we really focus on that with our wines. Uh, we carry only wines that are made in Washington state. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, we've done, it's pretty, I mean, especially the beer part about it is pretty easy around here. Cause Spokane has a ton of awesome breweries and more popping up all the time, but yeah. we have so many good breweries. It's, we don't really need to have any of the big boys on tap, like Budweiser or anything like that, or any of the other places even around here regionally it's like we have all we need in spokane so okay. yeah let's talk menu what was the inspiration how did you guys come up with this because like i said before i hit record to you i'm looking at this what turned out to be the hash hash brown burger yeah. hash brown burger yeah and I, my arteries are still kind of shuddering a little bit oh, yeah. Know, be, yeah being honest here um, so if, if you just see me fall over then you please call 911 but what yeah what was the inspiration where did you guys start coming up with all these recipes um you know going back to the name heritage again uh that kind of doubles for our menu too it's a lot of the stuff is family recipes from my family growing up like the fancy nancy it's named after my mom uh and it's something she always made when we were growing up and it's just a hand pie with uh, ground beef, cheese, seasoned ground beef, cheese, tomatoes. Um, and then we bake them fresh to order. And that's always something growing up. My friends were like, man, why doesn't anybody sell these? I'd buy them all the time. So it's kind of a funny thing. Like if we're opening a restaurant, obviously those have to be on there. Um, the tenderloin sandwich is a big Midwestern thing that growing up my mom made all the time. Uh, and that's a... What do you call it? Butterflied out uh, pork, pork tenderloin, and then we uh, crust it with uh, crackers and deep fry it. Serve it on a bun with mustard, pickles, and onions. Um, what are some of the, the meatloaf? Is a family recipe that I kind of twisted up with some chipotle in it. And then you know, there's just little things all over the menu that's been inspired by our families and stuff. So, so in short, we stole most of the ideas from all the women in Alex. A lot life. of women. Yeah. We stole recipes from my <laughs> aunt, my wife, my mom, my mother-in-law basically just stole their ideas. A few Put other a little twist on it. A few other things like the hash brown burger are more of a result of us being up late at night. Uh, Inebriated ideas. Probably. Maybe, yeah. Maybe had a drink or two and kind of talking about what would be a fun twist on some classic pub items and and like the the hash brown burger that one came up um we were trying to find a gluten-free bun because that's such a big thing nowadays mm -hmm. and everyone we tasted we knew we weren't going to sell a ton of the gluten-free stuff so you'd have to keep those buns frozen and every time you had one of those they just tasted like wet chalk or something they were just not good yeah so this way we i was like well let's try to do something else and then I found out you could use rice flour, potato, and egg and make a pretty good hash brown bun. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing is it stays together so you can eat it like a burger. A lot of people think it's like a fork and knife, but it actually sticks together really well so you can just eat it like a burger. So see, that's kind of our gluten-free See, I got to be honest with you. You've one. disappointed me because you were telling me that you were learning these recipes from family and all that, right? You're stealing from your mom and all that. And I was trying to figure out which one of the two of you grew up eating hash brown burgers and thinking you had the perfect childhood. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm a little bummed that this was maybe an inebriated idea, but you know, um, yeah, I can't. Okay. So I can't read the small print on your menu. So help me out. My date isn't hungry. Yeah. Where did we see that somewhere else? We might have stolen that too. Hmm. I'm, but, I'm noticing uh, a thread here, just just pointing that out. Yeah, there Where's might the be thing? some stealing going on. Um, but yeah, we just, I, we might have seen that on a like uh, my girlfriend isn't hungry. Okay. I think that's what we saw. Yeah, and that was just at a side. Okay. You know, uh, if you've ever been out to eat with your wife and uh, you know you're starving and and she's like, no, no, I don't need anything, and then you you order your meal and before you know it, most of your fries are gone because she's just picking off your plate. Um, so that, that was something that we put on there just to kind of yeah. have fun. Um, people, people get a chuckle out of it when they see it. And we put that and we put it as my date isn't hungry. So we weren't being sexist about it. Cause I'm sure men do that too. So yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just not going to say anything. Um, because my wife will listen to this and it won't be pretty. Um, <laughs> deep fried peanut butter and jelly. Need yep, we say more? Days. Yes, you do. Please explain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, the deep fried peanut butter and jelly. And then uh, we're doing a deep fried Nutella fluff now, too, yeah. um, which is super fun. Um, you know, nothing on our menu is really going to help you with your weight loss goals or anything like that. Um, so they're both real rich. Huh. Um, but yeah, we just, so we make a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, um, give it a little sweet batter. Um, we'll fry it. We'll bring it out. We'll hit it with some powdered sugar. And then we make a berry reduction sauce here in house, um, that will drizzle over the top and then, uh, top it with a little bit of whipped cream and it's, it's delicious. Yeah. The Nutella has got the, uh, Nutella fluff inside with, um, uh, wait, I say Nutella fluff inside. Yeah, Nutella. Nutella with... and marshmallow fluff inside. We deep fry that, and then on top, it's got a little bit of a toasted marshmallow fluff and some chocolate. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, yeah this isn't good for me to hear this. Um, hot chicken? We we talked about that off camera. I'm not seeing it on yeah. the menu, or am I? Yeah, so that's a special that we only run on Thursdays, so it's not on okay. our uh, on our main dinner menu. Um. But that's something going back to like our marketing and not taking ourselves too seriously that we've had a lot of fun with on our social pages also. Um, but we, it's like a Nashville hot style uh, chicken sandwich. Mm -hmm. um, Alex made hit a special blend um, of seasoning for that. And uh, we run those every Thursday. If you check us out on like Instagram or something, you'll see some uh, possibly not safe for work or slightly inappropriate pictures of a, a guy in a chicken suit. Um, so that's our hot chicken, which is our uh, mascot for the sandwich. And uh, we have a lot of fun with it. We, uh, you know, pretty good core following of people that'll come in on Thursdays just for that sandwich. <laughs> All right. So what are you going to, what are you pairing with the hot chicken? What's the beverage that has to go with that? Ooh. I don't know. I think with that, you're going to need something to cool your mouth down. So, uh, you know, a nice light uh, Pilsner or something like that would go well. Um, yeah. Or if you're looking at our at our cocktails right now, we have our summer cocktail list out. So there's quite a few refresh, refreshing items on that as well. A couple lemonades. A couple yeah. lemonades. Okay. So currently, what's your what 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 do you have on tap? What what handles are you pulling right now? Oh, that's a good question. Let me grab the tap list here. Yeah. We do carry, uh, one of our staples that we pretty much always carry is the Fluffy Puffy Sunshine. The, from the what? Brewing. Run that one again, please. Yeah, the uh, Fluffy Puffy Sunshine. And it's a hazy IPA. Yaya is a great brewery here. And that's one of the ones we always keep on tap because it's probably our highest seller on tap by far. Yeah. Um, so we like to keep a pretty good rotation of different local breweries on tap, too. <laughs> so... Uh, we have eight taps. Uh, right now, we have beers on from Iron Goat Brewing, River City, Lumberbeard, uh, Trail Trailbreaker, which is a cider house, um, The Grain Shed, uh, Bellwether, Yaya. Um, I think at other times we'll have uh, like Garland Brew Works. Um, yeah, what are you know? It basically, whatever we think is awesome in town at the moment. Yeah, you know? if you have a good beer that we like and. Yeah. We'll put it on tap. Yeah. So I, I get the feeling that you guys go out and do a lot of research. Yeah. We, little R&D is... It's pretty uh, tough, but good. somebody's got to do right. it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know? I just... I appreciate your dedication to your, your clientele to, to yeah. source only the best <laughs> local. Uh, right. Beers. How... Let's see. I can't, I can't let go of this hash brown thing. Sorry. I just can't. <laughs> It's tasty, yeah, and it takes good pictures too. It does, and that's that's I think the reason being is I'm looking at this, and it's it's a really really good looking burger, really yeah. good burger. And I believe that the uh, the burger that's on our website there that's photoed is actually a slight variation. It's like a hash brown burger on steroids, 
Um, so the one that's in the pick there has two beef patties, um, two, uh, double the amount of cheese and double the amount of bacon on it, um, which is a burger that we did uh, actually as part of an NIL deal for a Gonzaga basketball player last year during the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name's Matthew Lang. Um, and we had a lot of fun with that too. Uh, just kind of working with him on that. He's a, a gluten-free guy. Um, so when he came in, that was one of the things that he could have that he really liked. And so we wanted to kind of soup it up a little bit for him. And so we doubled all the proteins and cheeses on it. And that was something that people could come down on game days and get, they could just ask for the Matthew Lang burger and they could get that one that's pictured there. I want a burger named after me someday. Maybe that's my new life goal. (laughs) That's my new life goal. For the restaurant, what's next for you guys? Besides finding a kitchen that maybe is more than 100 square feet. But what's what's next? What do you guys want to do? We're actually working on something right now we can't give a lot of details on. Um, yeah, we, we're, we've we got a second location uh, in the works, but it, it's kind of in its uh, infancy stages right now, and we're working with another company on it. So um, it's definitely top secret information for the moment, okay. <laughs> but we do have something coming down the pipeline. Might be a little bit different menu concept, okay. um, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to get, getting that role in here. I yeah. mean, we're, we're working on it now. So hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be in and ready. Yeah. Nice. And going. Nice. That, that seems actually yeah. like a pretty fast turnaround. I mean, you know, it's tough to get these things off, off the ground and lots of moving parts. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I've waited all episode to ask this question and, and we're in it 40 some minutes now. Um, best coffee in Spokane. Well, I think it's close, man. We my- love yeah, go ahead. My favorite is Jacob's Java. Uh, I think their coffee tastes really good. Got a good roast on it. I have not heard uh, of that one. Yeah, they just got a couple little stands. I think they're... Um, it's not a sit-down. Okay. No, I think they're roaster. I think they roast their own coffee, and I think that's called Jamelli. Okay. I think. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I really like their coffee. I really love... Um, our, actually, they're our neighbors right here on uh, First Avenue. First Ave Coffee. Um, they make some of the best stuff in town, I think. Yeah. How really how can good. you go wrong yeah. with a coffee called the F bomb? I mean, come on. Right. That's just F bomb cold yeah. brew. Love it. Yeah. 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 They're uh, uh, we we're actually using uh, going back to the Jacobs Java. We're using that in one of our cocktails right now. We have their cold brew. Oh. Um, yeah. That we're using. We're doing a vanilla cold brew. Yeah. Ooh. On ice. Okay. It's pretty tasty. Yeah. All right. So it's uh, what days of the week do you guys take off? To help me with my next question. Is there a day of the week you take off regularly? Uh, Sunday. Sunday's the okay. family day. We're not open. All right. Yeah. Sunday. I'm going to ask you to name a competitor here. Sorry, guys. But where's the place you want to go eat on Sunday when it's your day off? You don't want to cook. Wives don't want to cook. You want to go somewhere. Where are you guys going to go? There's so many good places in town now. Um, yeah. I'm one of those guys that hates going to the same place over and over. Okay. Um, so we'll usually try to find something new that we've heard good things about. Um, you know, what's the Kismet is a place that just opened. I haven't been yet, but I'm dying to go. Dan Gonzalez opened that up and it's awesome. Yeah. Real good. Um, Wooden City has great flavors. Yeah. A lot of good food there. Uh, Durkin's is always a big one here around here. Yeah. Um, there's a really good, so uh, good really good barbecue place up north. Uh, what's it? oh, uh, Dogtown Brewery and Tap House actually. I it's mean, like, total hole in the wall, but great barbecue food. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's not a desirable location. Yeah, you, okay. You're not taking a date there. Your date there in like a fancy dress or anything, but if you just want some great flavors, that's good a barbecue. Good spot. Okay. Get that, yeah. All right, yeah. you've closed the bar down. It's now after hours. Where's a place to grab something to eat in Spokane at 2 a.m.? Satellite Diner. Yeah, Satellite's been the spot for years. Yeah. That's still where I'm going if everything else is closed. They got a full menu until like, what, 5 in the morning? Did they close? I don't even know if they They might close from like 3 to 5 or something. But But yeah, yeah, they got a full menu, breakfast, lunch, dinner all the time. So you can kind of get whatever you want at 2 a.m. Total greasy spoon, but just delicious. Fat kid food, which is my favorite. Yeah. Okay. 
So when you're not doing the restaurant, you got Sundays off. What do you guys like to do? What do you and the families like to do for fun and entertainment in Spokane? Well, outside of the boring stuff, like catching up on all the projects I've been ignoring all week. <laughs> um, I love this time of year. I'm out golfing whenever I have the time for it. Okay. Um, best golf course in Spokane. Your favorite golf course. Best or favorite? Your favorite. Okay, yeah. Favorite golf course is going to be uh, probably Latok Creek for me. Um, Downriver. Yeah. Like Downriver. Down. Yeah. Okay. Those are both. The Latok's a county course. Downriver's a city course. Um you know, best course is probably going to be one of the country clubs like uh, Kalispell Country Club or, you know, Circling Raven, Circling Raven is just outside of town. That I love that place. Yeah. We're so spoiled here in this yeah. area with great golf everywhere at a decent price. I mean, lakes. That's a, in the summer. We go to the lake a ton. My uh, wife has a place out on Loon Lake, so we go out there a lot. It's just Washington's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> There's always yeah. something to do. All right. Tough question. And do you guys root for Gonzaga or WSU? Yes. No, <laughs> no, no. Well, what sports? Cause uh, GU doesn't have football. So that makes it easy. Yeah. I, well, and some would argue neither does WSU. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch. 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 <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Alex is a, a Coug alumni. So I think he's probably going WSU um, as far as basketball though. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's Spokane. Yeah. You're a GU fan. Mm -hmm. doesn't probably matter where you went. Yeah, we had, I mean, shoot, we had one of their players uh, working a marketing campaign with us last year. So I'm not going to say it's yeah. not Gonzaga. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I'm, I mean, are you, okay. So are you rooting for the Cougs? Football? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you hate the Huskies? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's You're, we're amongst friends here. It's okay. Right. Yeah. If the Huskies are playing uh, USC or yeah. somebody, yeah, we'll, we'll root for the Huskies. But yeah. So you, you but will yeah, root not. for the Huskies if they're playing Oregon, right? I mean. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Should, yeah. Shouldn't we root for anybody against Oregon? I mean, I mean nobody likes Oregon. Yeah, nobody likes no. Oregon. <laughs> Sweet jerseys, though. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Really? We'll agree to disagree on that one lately. I don't okay. know. Right. <laughs> and I went to Central, so I can poke fun at WSU and, and the UW. I, I I have no 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 allegiance to either. So, but right, let's talk because right. um, I love baseball. How about baseball? Who are you guys rooting for for baseball? Is it is it Gonzaga or is it WSU? Is it uh, I know a number of of buddies that have played at Gonzaga, so. For me, it's Gonzaga just because of the personal connection to a, a couple of guys that have been there. But okay. um, I don't know if I've seen a score from any college baseball that I've actually cared about, to be totally honest. That's a fair, I don't fair answer. It's okay. Well, on college. So, okay. yeah. Cubs, though, if we're going Cubs, pro, I'll go with the Cubs. Yeah. Okay. So I got to ask why the Cubs? Uh, family from the Midwest. Okay. Grandma always sent us Cubs stuff. You ever been to Wrigley? Stuff, so. Yeah, we actually just went a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It's a cool, it's a cool stadium. Man. I mean, it's, oh yeah, gained about fifteen pounds in Chicago just eating. You for didn't eat much, like six days. That was you. You paced yourself. That's you know. yeah. It was. <laughs> I took it easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked this question to musicians, but I'll ask you guys: Where's a great place in Spokane to see live music? Like, lucky you. you. Yeah, I think that's our big. Venue now. I mean, there's obviously the arena and the knitting factory for big concerts, but I think for those like a little more intimate mm -hmm. place, Lucky You gets a lot of business and a lot of people go there for concerts. Okay. Yeah. And they have, uh, you know, some, some national touring groups will come through Lucky You, but not necessarily ones that have totally burst onto like the top 40 or something like that. Right. It's a great place to discover new artists. Um, like Alex said, kind of a intimate venue. Um, Good food and drink while you're there. Okay. Uh, yeah, Lucky You is probably my favorite. Knitting Factory is great too, um, and they're right next to us, so we see a lot. You know, from their shows, that helps with our business. Also, uh, we're basically kitty corner from the Knitting Factory. Okay. All right. So, do you guys stay open after a show there? I mean, do you guys have you adjusted? Would Would you adjust your schedule for something like that? For sure. Yeah. Depending on on the day and the time, of course. 
Um, but yeah, we'll see a lot of business before the shows with people trying to come in for dinner mm-hmm. and maybe a drink or two before they head over. And then if it's a weekend show or if the show's letting out early, uh, we'll see a, a pretty good bump of business after the show also. Okay. Just really depends on the show though, is one of the big things. Like yeah. we noticed like country, we get pretty busy from sell a lot of Coors Lights and Bud Lights. Uh, but there's some there's some genres that we really don't see anybody from. So but, what yeah. genre, like for, give me an example. What genre don't you see a, a bump in business from? I think if it's like a metal show or something like that, we can look across the street and see them drinking in the parking lot, but they're not necessarily willing to come into a restaurant and right. spend a bunch of money beforehand. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, definitely a certain clientele that goes out and and eats and drinks at restaurants before the show. And then others that probably scrape together their, you know, the last little bit of money to get the ticket. Yeah, exactly. Good. Yeah. I I don't know that you guys will have an answer for this question, but are there any bands in Spokane that are worth checking out? Up and coming bands from the local area. I'm out on this one. Yeah, so uh, I don't know if you can really call him up and coming anymore. He's pretty much a a national guy, but Alan Stone is uh, a you know great musician. I actually grew up with him up in Chihuahua, so I've known him forever, and he really kind of made a name for himself on the west side of the state. But he's back in Spokane now. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy that comes to mind is uh, Ryan Lewis. Um, you know, he's had a he worked with uh, Mac Lamore a few years ago, and and I, I'm not really sure what he's up to now, if he's doing his own thing or still working with him. Uh, real local guys that I think might make a name for themselves, kind of a alternative rock type group uh, called Snacks at Midnight. Snacks at Midnight. I like that. Snacks at Midnight. Yeah, they're worth checking out for sure. Okay. All right. Yeah. What secret can you tell us about Spokane that you're willing to share? Because here's the deal, and I've said this before, and I've gotten yelled at before. When I was growing up, I, I grew up in Tacoma. So first off, you know, I really have no place to say anything, right? I grew up in Tacoma. But back in the day, Spokane was, it had a bad, just, meh, reputation, right? It just, it yeah. just did. I mean, that's my opinion. We moved to Wenatchee in 2017. I hadn't been to Spokane in many, many, many years. We go to Spokane. I'm like, what happened? This is cool. I I like Spokane. First off, don't hate me, folks. I like Spokane. I really do. You guys have a lot of cool stuff going on there. Great places to see music. You got some great coffee. Uh, I've had some great food there. Can't quite root for Gonzaga, but I might get there. But the point is is that, in my opinion, Spokane has really, wow, you guys have done it right. I mean, seriously, Spokane is a really cool place. So what's cool about Spokane that might just not be, that's not quite ready for prime time yet? What's up and coming that you guys are seeing? What's that you're willing to share so that, you know, all those West Side folks will come over and ruin it for you? But, you know, you get the idea. I mean, there's there's a number of things. Like you said, it's grown up so much in the last 10 years or so. I think, you know, when I was like in high school, the food scene wasn't anywhere close to what it is now. Um, same with nightlife, um, you know, not to just sit here and self promote us, but one of the things that I really like is our neighborhood in downtown Spokane is definitely on the come up. Yeah. Um, so we're on the, the West side of downtown and a few years ago, it used to be a bunch of old abandoned buildings. Uh, you know, they're brick buildings. They were vacant boarded up. And not a lot of things over nothing here. Nothing going on. It was, you know, you don't necessarily feel safe walking around, but in the last five or 10 years, um, a lot of those are starting to be revitalized and they're mm-hmm. cool buildings. Like, you know, they're on the historical registry. Um, the building that we're in, I think has been here for like 110 years. Um, it's, you know, and there's a lot of that that's kind of getting cleaned up and making downtown someplace that you want to be. Okay. Yeah. Since 2000, like the downtown has gotten so much better and it just continues to grow. Yeah. More businesses coming in, so many breweries. You know, yeah. it's it's great. It's getting so much more lively downtown. Right. It's yeah, okay. night and day from two thousand. And I don't know if it's a secret, 
but uh, the parks in Spokane are awesome. Riverfront Park, which is right downtown. Manitou Park. Manitou, Manitou yeah. Park. I mean, they're amazing. Yeah. They, they're just gorgeous. And the city does a lot, I think, to to keep them that way. And I'm glad they do because it's, you yeah. know, it's definitely something to check out while and you're I think here. There's also, like, two of the coolest things we do here, Bloomsday and Hoopfest. I don't know if they're secrets to a lot of people anymore, but there's still people that don't know what they are and, like, mm-hmm. Hoopfest is my favorite weekend of the year. I'm not even good at basketball, but I love it because it's just awesome energy downtown. Yeah. Tons of people. So it's for somebody who might not know what Hoopfest is, explain that just a little bit more. Yeah, so it's a it's the the largest outdoor three on three tournament in the world. Yeah, and it's it's um, all on the streets downtown. They basically close the whole downtown for like from Friday night to Sunday night. Uh, they put up backboards, take the courts down, and Games start at like eight o'clock on Saturday, probably go to five. Yeah. And then same, like pretty much the same thing on Sunday. Hundreds of thousand people down downtown. That's it's, crazy. It's just a ton of fun. Okay. And Bloomsday, of course, is, you know, the, the run that they've had for seemingly. Yeah, ever. I guess some people like that. I'm not really a big runner. So no. <laughs> I'm not going to pay to run on a street that's there the rest of the year, but yeah, some people do it. As far as the city goes, though, yeah. I think it's great for the city. That's I don't know if this is still true. I know that used to be the largest road race in the world as far yeah. as number of participants. So uh, it's a couple of giant events for you know a fairly small city. And we have like the biggest uh, youth volleyball tournaments this side of the Mississippi, apparently, yeah. for like two weeks. And there's just. Last yeah. question. What didn't I ask you that I should have asked you? What didn't you ask that you should have? Um, About oh, what? You know, one thing we were kind of prepared for was uh, like uh, one of our, our biggest flops. Uh, you asked about oh. marketing in particular. Yes, sorry. But uh, we did have a, a moment. I think it was so in Spokane, they do something called Restaurant Week. Um, which is put on by the Inlander, which is a local print publication. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there's dozens and dozens of restaurants that participate in that. And basically the way it works is there's a set price point and you provide a three course meal uh, for people to come in and and try. It's a, a pretty good marketing opportunity for people that have never been in. So year one of restaurant week, was definitely a learning experience for us. Um, we didn't really know how crazy it was going to be. Just how busy that was going to be. Uh, we started off trying to offer our regular menu in addition to the three course restaurant week menu. It didn't work too well. It the first was night. It was a nightmare. I mean, we had we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into, and I think at one point we had something like a two hour wait for a seat. Um, once you got a seat, you had about an hour, hour and a half before you were going to get your food. Cause our kitchen was so overwhelmed. And I remember just standing in our dish pit with Alex looking at him and being like, Oh, I think I don't might, cry. I might cry right Hold now. Hold it like, in. Yeah. It was just, it was a nightmare. So we've, we've definitely learned from that. And, you know, we've done, uh, we've done four of four them, of them now, now. And they, the last they're all smooth, great. except yeah. for that first one <laughs> yeah. that almost broke us. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. was a, it was a long day, that first day of restaurant week. Yeah, You're right. You did remind me. I didn't ask you the question I wanted to ask you. Menu flop. What was the, what was the thing you guys were going to put on the menu you thought was going to be brilliant? You know, dare I say, you know, you thought deep fried peanut butter and jelly would be a good idea, you know, using that as an example. Right. Yeah. Well, we started with such a small menu and we still have a pretty small menu. Yeah. Um, we see a pretty good disbursement on everything that's been ordered. The The things that we've taken off of the menu really were kind of a result more of COVID and not being able to get ingredients that we yeah. used to be able to. Or just like not having the room and the capabilities to do that along with other menu items. It was just like, it didn't come out quite right that we, we didn't love it every time it came out. Like, uh, right. We had an Italian corn dog that we did an Italian sausage and did it in our house made cornbread batter and deep fry it. But it was so inconsistent, inconsistent and (laughs) tough for the kitchen to do while you have other things going on. And we only have one fryer. So it's, it was really tough. So I, like something like that, but it's not like it was a flop in the way that nobody wanted it. People still liked it. It was just kind of something that we were not 
it just didn't work at the restaurant. I yeah, guess. we're pretty picky too about presentation and things like yeah. that. And so if it if it doesn't look good, you know, people take that first bite with their eyes. And if it doesn't look good every single time, it's just something that will bother us enough to where we'll make a, an adjustment to it or take it off altogether. Right. Okay. Well, guys, I appreciate you both taking the time out, having Sasquatch or, you know. Right. <laughs> I, I I have to, I guess I need to go look at your social media because I missed that. So that's, that's interesting. That I think it's kind of cool that you guys have a, a humorous uh, take on your socials uh, marketing. That's, that's cool. Cause so much of it's so just dull. Boring. Yeah. yeah we boring. try not to take ourselves too seriously and just kind of yeah. do what we, we like and hope other people like that too. So awesome. right. have fun with it and try not to offend anybody and, well, yeah, I mean, that's a big part. it's so hard to not offend people these days. I mean, it just, it just, it's yeah. tough. Yeah, it's tough. It is. So. Yeah. But anyway, well, thank you both for uh, taking the time. I appreciate you being here. Yeah. Thank yeah, you, Scott. Thanks for having fun. us. Appreciate it. Okay. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.